Hello, everyone. Welcome to Future Flicks with Billiam. This is episode 71, and it's been over a week since we've had a show, and I apologize for that. I got pretty sick, which didn't really surprise me, because as a lot of you know, I work in customer service, and customers are dirty, dirty people. While physically I was feeling, okay, I wasn't feeling great, but I was feeling good enough to do a show, my voice just wasn't there. It sounded like I had smoked three packs a day for like the last 40 years, which is impressive because I'm not even 40 yet. So I took the week off and now we're back. Did you miss me? I know, I know a couple people who missed me. Well, let's not waste any more time and let's jump into the show. This is the week of December 29th, 2017. It's the final episode of the year and you're listening to Future Flicks with Billiam, episode 71. Alright everyone, like I said, last week I was sick, and if my voice suddenly gets all wonky and I don't realize it, I apologize, because even though I'm not coughing anymore, the headache's gone, I feel almost 100% better, my voice still tries to leave all of a sudden. It'll just go, nope, gone, but hopefully it will stay with me long enough to do the show. So let's jump into the first segment, which as always, is the news. And let me just preface this by saying I know I missed a lot in the week I've been gone, and I'm really only going to hit on the stuff that really jumped out to me and the stuff from this week that I saw. As always, if you think there's something I missed that I really need to cover, let me know and I'll, I'll mention it on the next episode. First, in an article that I loved oh so much from a website called Decider, it basically questions the usefulness of critics because it brings up the fact that Netflix's first attempt at a blockbuster movie, which is Bright, starring Will Smith, got a certified rotten, I don't, I don't know what those rotten tomato ass say, but it got a really bad rating. And people on Twitter are hating on it because that's a cool thing to do. Let's hate on a movie and be asshole. But the audience score on Rotten Tomatoes was like 89% somewhere around there. A drastic difference from the critic score. And I think we're going to see more and more of this. We're going to see more websites, more people in general, realize that critics have no place anymore. And that's exactly why I have tried to very unsuccessfully, mind you, start calling myself a reviewer instead of a critic. Because I want to distance myself from these people. I want to distance myself from these people who nitpick a movie to death. Was Bright perfect? God, no. Oh my God, it was not perfect. And if I wanted to be a useless piece of shit, I could nitpick it and give it some really low score. But instead, I would rather focus on what was right. I'd rather focus on why it was fun. I would rather focus on why it is the right step 
for Netflix, how they are going in the right direction. And so I'm going to say once again, for those of you who maybe haven't heard me say this before, and just a reminder for everyone else, if for some reason you need an opinion on a movie before you go see it, look to the audience scores. Look at what real people are saying. Not these critics with their heads stuffed so far up their ass they can see the back of their teeth. We have some bad news from a website called Digital Spy. They are reporting that Mad Max Fury Road... Any sequels to it, in fact, are delayed indefinitely. That's because George Miller and his production company are suing Warner Brothers. They are suing Warner Brothers because they say they are owed a bonus because Warner Brothers said that if you come under budget, under the $157 million budget, if you come under, you will get a $7 million bonus. The movie actually went over budget, but George Miller and his company believe they are owed the money because... According to him, the reason they went over budget are because of delays from the studio. So they said it's not their fault that they missed the budget. They say they're on point to make the budget or even go under the budget. But thanks to Warner Brothers and some deal they made with Rat Pack Entertainment, the movie went over budget. So Warner Brothers is saying, no, the movie's over budget. We don't owe you that bonus. George Miller's company is saying, you do because it's your fault we went over budget. And the lawsuit has stalled this movie. George Miller has said that he has already written two sequels and Tom Hardy is attached to them. But if we will ever see them, time will tell. So remember, folks, that doesn't mean the sequel is never going to happen. Remember, indefinitely doesn't mean definitely. It means for an unspecified amount of time. So who knows? Maybe tomorrow they could reach a deal or maybe 10 years from now they can reach a deal. We don't know. And a story I missed that I thought was big enough to talk about, Quentin Tarantino is officially on with the Star Trek movie. This will be a Tarantino-directed Star Trek movie of J.J. Abrams producing, and Mark L. Smith has been hired as a screenwriter. This from Deadline. In news that Roz from Somewhat Nerdy would love, Tremors 6 has received a title. It's called Tremors, A Cold Day in Hell. This comes to us from the website Bloody Disgusting. Rumor also has it that this is Michael Gross's final Tremors film. If you are unfamiliar with the franchise, Michael Gross was a side character in the first movie, side character in the second movie, and then became the main character of the subsequent movies. There's also a Tremor TV series in the works with Kevin Bacon attached, because Kevin Bacon was in the first Tremors movie. The first Tremors movie was an actual theatrical release. Two through six were straight to video. And you know what? They're fun. They're stupid, but they're fun. And, like with a lot of movies, they're not for everyone. And in mysterious and spooky news, the Addams Family animated movie is receiving an October 11th, 2019 release date from MGM. This was reported by Deadline as well. And I'm glad that they're doing a uh, an animated movie because I, I don't want to see anyone else play Gomez Adams. Because if you've ever seen the live action Adams Family films, you will know that Raul Julia was Gomez Adams. I forgot the guy who played Gomez Adams on the TV show and he did a great job too. And it's amazing that they found these two actors, one for TV, one decades later for the movie, that really captured the characters and did great jobs with it. And if you didn't know, Oscar Isaac has signed on to voice Gomez Adams in this movie. In Marvel news, this according to MCUExchange.com, Doctor Strange cinematographer Ben Davis is on board for Captain Marvel. So if you thought the movie Doctor Strange looked pretty, then expect Captain Marvel to look pretty as well. 
And finally in the news, Michelle Williams confirms that she will play Anne Whaling in Sony's Venom. Or Wayne, sorry, not Whaling. I think it's Whaling. No. Okay, Google, let's find out. Wayne. W-E-Y-I-N-G. If it was DC, I would have known that. And that is all the news that I noticed. And again, if I missed anything, you want me to talk about it, just hit me up. And oh, I realized I never did the introduction to the show. See what happens when I miss a week? I'm all f***ed up. Okay, let's do this really quick. You're listening to Future Flicks. I'm Billiam. I go over news and trailers that happen during the week. I also go over every movie that's being released during the week. I tell you who's in it and what it's about, and I give my thoughts on it. And then I give it a score, which I call the Billiam's Interest Level Score, a.k.a. the Bill Score. And I call it that because I'm a narcissist. Actually, you, you have no idea how happy I was when I was able to come up with some way to call my rating system anything to do with Billiam. I felt so smart. I'm like, Jeopardy, here I come. Millionaire, future millionaire right here. And I'll save all the housekeeping for the end. All right. Because, ladies and gentlemen, we have somewhere we have to be. And that place is called the Trailer Trove. Avast, and welcome to the Trailer Trove. We finally, finally have a trailer for, you guessed it, Mamma Mia, here we go again. I know, we've all been waiting. We've all been holding our breaths for it. Well, we can exhale. We can exhale, everyone, because we now know what Mamma Mia, here we go again, will be about. And guess what? It's more the same. So if you liked Mamma Mia, well, here we go again. Literally, I liked it. I thought it was a really good musical. It was charming. I love ABBA. And now we have more of that. This movie has the original cast returning, but let's just add Lily James playing a young Meryl Streep and also Cher. And I feel terrible saying this, but I forgot Cher was still around. And I think that just proves how quickly people can just leave our minds if they're not constantly in the spotlight. Like, how often do you really think about Sean Connery? Probably more than you think of Cher. Cher, this musical icon, hasn't done sh** for so long now in a movie and oh yeah she's she she's still around i'm actually looking forward to it i want to hear what her singing voice sounds like now I, i'm really curious to know we also got trailers or more trailers for the greatest showman more trailers that show us that this is going to be an interesting musical and not historically accurate at all so just remember if you want to learn the true story of how Barnum and Bailey circuses got started, look elsewhere. This is just going to be a fun musical. That's it. That's going to be loosely based on a real person. A trailer came out that made me really happy, and that's a trailer for the first season of Stargate Origins. Stargate Origins will be an internet-only show, and I'm still going to watch the hell out of it. I think it looks good. It's worth a watch. But as a hardcore Stargate fan, the only thing that bothers me is the they're, they're retconning some of what they did in SG-1. So the main character in this show is Catherine Langford, who worked on the Stargate in the 40s after it was found in Egypt. But in Stargate SG-1, they get the Stargate to work, they send her husband through, and then the Stargate closes, he is lost forever, or so they think. So years later, they find him on, a, on another world, blah, blah, blah. But in this show, Catherine herself is going through the Stargate, which never happened. And the reason this bothers me so much is that it was such an easy fix. Just have anyone else be the main character. And that's it. And just say this takes place in a different time, like before or after the events with Catherine and her husband. And done. That, that was all you had to do. But no, you are gonna f*** 
up the continuity. I'll watch a show no matter what, but still, f you. F you for ruining my continuity. Let's move on before I get my blood pressure up. The next movie or the next trailer that caught my attention is for Mortal Engines, not to be confused with Mortal Instruments, which is completely different. This is a Peter Jackson produced movie based on a series of books. It, it looks great. I cannot wait. It looks like it's going to be visually stunning with a very good story. Check out the trailer. I think you'll like it. And finally, we got a trailer for Oceans 8. That's right, the sequel to Oceans 11, 12, and 13. This follows Danny Ocean's sister, I believe. And you know what? Someone pointed out to me that they went to Oceans 8, which means 8, 9, and 10 can be taken without overlapping with 11, 12, and 13. Are they planning for a trilogy? I think they are. Well, that is it for the trailer trove. Let's pause for a word from our friends at Somewhat Nerdy Radio. Stay tuned. Imagine yourself on a journey with the Somewhat Nerdy Radio podcast crew as we travel through forgotten realms and far-off galaxies. Your captains, the sensational Snarf Chris and the cunning Critter, constantly face an element of danger. Welcome to the Somewhat Nerdy Radio Podcast. The bright light in the podcast sphere. Download and subscribe Somewhat Nerdy Radio today on iTunes and SoundCloud or stream it at somewhatnerdy.com. Good journey, nerds. All right, everyone, welcome back to the show. Let's jump into the movies with the first movie called In the Fade. Katja's life is forever changed after a bombing kills her husband and child. A group of neo-Nazis has been charged with the murders, but that's not enough for her, and she wants revenge. This stars Diane Kruger from National Treasure. So on the surface, this just seems like a typical revenge flick, a straight-to-video revenge movie. But when you watch a trailer, it looks like it's more than that. So it looks like an indie studio's take on a revenge movie. And I'm not using indie as a four-letter word this time. It just happens to be Magnolia Pictures, which isn't a big producer or a studio or whatever. So this movie is going to be part drama, part courtroom drama, and part police procedural in the sense that Diane Kruger's character is doing the investigating. There's not actually a cop doing it with her. As different as this movie tries to be, the fact of the matter is we've seen stories like this before, so it does feel old. It just does enough different that it's not tired, that it doesn't feel like I've seen it a million times. Just a couple hundred, maybe. This looks like an interesting movie, but not something that you should really go out of your way to see. If you stumble across this, definitely check it out. This, uh, I should mention, is a foreign film. It takes place in Germany. And that right there has kind of sealed the deal for some people. And I get it. I, I do. And it's not always just a problem with subtitles. There are some people who go, oh, I don't like reading subtitles. I'm going to a movie. I'm not reading a book. Besides those assholes, there's some people that just don't like foreign films, and that's fine. So this movie is trying to reach a real niche audience. And it could be some of you. It could be me. We'll see. Trouble is, this is going to be a little harder to find. Will it hit some sort of streaming service later? Maybe, maybe not. Certain indie films go straight to Netflix or Hulu. They really pick it up because they're like, oh, this movie made some waves. Let's try and get it. Others don't because whoever heard of them? Well, you did because you listened to Future Flicks with Billiam. But once again, don't go out of your way to see this. If you stumble upon it, consider giving it a watch. In the Fade gets a 5.5 out of 11. 
All right, everyone, let's jump into the next movie, which is a little movie called Film Stars Don't Die in Liverpool. Peter Turner lives next door to an attractive older woman, an older woman who one day invites him in because she needs a dance partner. Soon, the two are dancing horizontally, and Peter learns that the woman he's with is none other than Gloria Graham, a once great star of the silver screen. The two have a passionate love affair, but one day Peter finds out Gloria is sick, so the two move to his home in Liverpool of hopes of her getting better. This stars Jamie Bell from Turn, Washington Spies, Annette Bening from American Beauty, Julie Walters from the Harry Potter series, Vanessa Redgrave from Murder on the Orient Express, the 1974 version, and Stephen Graham from Snatch. Once again, I find myself not hating a movie that I thought I was going to hate. I try not to judge people before I know them, but I do tend to judge movies before I've seen a trailer. Though I am adult enough to admit when I'm wrong, and this is one of those cases. Just the way this movie is presented, the, the name, the premise, it all sounded like some hipster romance movie. Little did I know it's based on a true story, but that didn't necessarily make it better. But then I saw the trailer, and it looks good. It looks entertaining. It looks like it's going to be a beautifully sad movie movie because I don't know the story of Gloria Graham. I, I don't. And I'm not going to Google it because I don't know if she's going to die at the end of this movie, even though it's 100% possible. If you know me, you know I'm a sucker for romances. While I love action movies, horror movies, big summer blockbusters, I also have a very, very soft spot for romance. Yay, who doesn't love love? But just like with the previous movie, this looks like a film that if you can see it, it looks like it'd be fun, but if you miss it, you won't really be missing out. And that Benning looks really impressive because she can easily find a role where she just has to play herself. That is not hard for her at all. She is a big enough name. She is famous enough. She has enough star power still that she can just show up and go, I'm Annette Benning. I want to play this role where I play me. Boom. And this one looks like she's really busting her acting chops and I'm impressed. And then seeing that the legendary Vanessa Redgrave in this movie too just blew my mind. This has all the parts needed to be a really good movie. What it doesn't have is that special factor, that wow factor that brings people into the theaters. So theater buffs and indie film lovers may go see this. For the rest of us though, I think we're going to pass unless just like with the last film, we can stumble upon it somewhere. Film Stars Don't Die in Liverpool gets a 6 out of 11. Before we get into the two biggest movies of the week, I just want to say that the movie Phantom Thread is getting a very limited release. Now, if you've listened to the show before or you know anything about how movies are released, you will know that a limited release could mean anything from one theater, literally one theater, to just the indie theaters in some of the country's bigger cities. I'm just going to speak really briefly about this because this is actually getting a full release in January of next year. So right now I'm just going to give you the IMDb premise, the cast, and just a few thoughts. So this is set in 1950s London, and Reynolds Woodcock has a hilarious name. Also, Reynolds Woodcock is a renowned dressmaker whose fastidious life is disrupted by a young, strong-willed woman, Alma, who becomes her muse and lover. Look, I understand why IMDb has these premises, but this is also why I try to do my own. I watch a trailer and then I tell you in my own words what I think. 
Unless I really don't give a shit about the movie, in which case I will not even try. But for this, since it's just a brief mention, I read the IMDb thing, but from that... And only that premise, this sounds like a boring movie that's been done a million times before. And it kind of has. But this time we have a slightly different plot where Daniel Day-Lewis is a... Oh, I never talked about who's in it. Here we go. It stars Vicky Kripes. I think that's her name from Hannah. Daniel Day-Lewis in his first role since 2012's Lincoln. If you remember, he said he retired. And I'm not sure if this is his last film or if he retired back then. He just came back for this and he's like, see ya, unless something else crazy comes up and leslie manville from maleficent so yeah basically daniel day lewis plays this dressmaker this famous dressmaker who finds his muse starts to fall in love with her but then sabotages himself because he believes he's cursed so bare bones we've seen this movie before but the way they doctor it up the way they make it look pretty it looks different it looks good i'll talk more about this when it actually comes out for a full release so my friends, we have the last two movies of the week, and they're kind of big ones, I guess. Uh, I don't think anyone's going to see them. I really don't. I think this is going to be a really slow week for movies. I think 2017 is going to end going down as far as box office numbers goes, just because December blew its load with Star Wars. It really did. But I think these two movies are worth a shot. The question is, do you want to go see them? And I'm just going to go straight through with the movies, and then we'll do our neck, our final commercial break before we get to the question of the week. The next movie is called All the Money in the World. This is based on the true story of the kidnapping of John Paul Getty III, the grandson of the richest man in the world, John Paul Getty. Young John Paul III's mother really wants to get the son back. Go figure, right? And the kidnappers are asking for money, and John Paul Getty, the elder, refuses to give it. Instead, Getty sends one of his own men to help with the investigation. This stars Michelle Williams from My Week with Marilyn, Christopher Plummer from A Beautiful Mind, Mark Wahlberg from The Other Guys, Timothy Hutton from Leverage, and Charlie Plummer, no relation to Christopher, from Boardwalk Empire. This is a Ridley Scott movie, and this is about a piece of history that I forgot. This kidnapping happened in 1973, so a good 10 years before I was born. But I remember hearing about this, and I actually read a little bit about this, and then completely forgot about it until this movie came out. Like, just think about that. How much stuff do we know, or have we learned, that has now slipped our minds, and then maybe one day they'll make a movie of it, one day they'll make a TV show of it, or one day you'll just see, happen to be watching Jeopardy, and there'll be a question about it, and you're like, oh, shit, I know that. I haven't thought about that in forever. To me, that's what this is. And this looks good. I'm excited. Michelle Williams is a really good actress. Christopher Plummer uh, just seems like he's playing a crotchety old man. Good for him. I'm actually more excited for Mark Wahlberg because reportedly he really wanted to sink his teeth into this role because it's so unlike anything he's ever done before. Like, w watch the show Entourage. That's him. Take a little bit of each and every one of those characters, mash it up all together, and you have Mark Wahlberg. And even though I like him a lot, uh, he is a fantastic actor in comedic movies. The Other Guys, Daddy's Home, great movies. Go back in his career, Italian Job, the remake, was great. And Four Brothers, a wonderful film. But he played various shades of the same character. This one is different, and I'm excited to see it. But once again, I find myself saying the same thing. Do you want to see this in the theaters? Are you willing to go out of your way to see this? Because even I, who generally sees a movie a week, sometimes two movies a week if I can find the time, I have missed a movie for the past two weeks. 
The illness took a lot out of me. It was a really shitty cold. Of course, there are no great colds. Okay, well, I take that back. I guess there are some good colds where it barely affects you, but there, there's enough symptoms that you can call into work going, oh, I'm not that good. And they're like, oh, yeah, stay home. Don't don't get other people sick. And you're like, oh, yeah, I don't feel that bad. I'm going to play video games all day. Yeah, just don't tweet about it and get fired. Okay, but I digress. Even if I didn't have that sickness, I won't be caught up on all the movies I really want to see. So this week, you could go see this movie or the next movie, or you could catch up on Star Wars if you haven't seen it, catch up on Jumanji, or any of the other big movies. But on paper, this has a lot going for it. A really good cast, Ridley Scott at the helm, and a movie full of intrigue that a lot of us don't know the full story of. And I don't think this is going to be fully historically accurate. Weird, right? That I don't think a movie is going to be historically accurate. But it's going to be better. It's going to be a lot better than The Greatest Showman. It's going to be a lot more accurate than The Perfect Storm, which a movie I still love, another Mark Wahlberg movie. But if you remember in The Perfect Storm, when they leave to go on that fateful, that fateful fishing trip or fishing trip kind of downplays it, but, you know, do their f***ing job as fishermen and they never come back from the time they leave the port. Everything is speculation. So I think this is going to be fairly accurate. But if you want to know the full story, read a book. This looks well worth a watch. I think it should be put on your list. This looks interesting. It looks like it's going to be good. But the question you have to ask yourself and the question I'm asking myself is, do you want to purposely go out and see this while it's in the theaters? My answer for that is no. If I'm going to see a movie this week, I'm going to see the next movie. Thus, why it's my pick. But I am going to put this on the list of movies to watch out for. All the money in the world gets a 7 out of 11. And finally, my future friends, we have the pick of the week, and this is a movie that I've been excited for for a while now. If you're a regular listener, you've heard me mention this movie, and finally it's out, and I wouldn't be surprised if I'm one of the few listeners interested in this, but I had to go with my heart and pick the one I wanted to see. The pick for the week is Molly's Game. This is based on the true story of Molly Bloom, a woman who ran the world's most exclusive high-stakes poker game, got caught and then fought in court to keep her client list secret. This stars Jessica Chastain from Interstellar, Idris Elba from Luther, Kevin Costner from Waterworld, Michael Sarah from Arrested Development, Chris O'Dowd from The IT Crowd, and Graham Greene from Wind River. And by the way, if you haven't seen Wind River, f***ing watch Wind River. It is great. It is not what I expected. And I don't want to tell you what I expected because I don't want to give away anything. But let me just tell you that I went in expecting one kind of movie and then, Jesus, near the end, they're just like, no, you, you're wrong. Here's something better. Anyway, we're talking about Molly's Game. This is the directorial debut of one of my favorite writers and producers, Aaron Sorkin, who did West Wing and... Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip, and a lot of other great shows. He's done quite a few movies, too, and this is his first time directing, and this looks really good. I love Jessica Chastain, and she plays characters like this quite a bit. And normally I give people who do that, who play the same character in every movie, a lot of crap. I know I give Scarlett Johansson a ton of crap, because I know she's so much better than the bullshit performances she gives us. However, Jessica Chastain kills it in this from the looks of it. So even though she's playing a familiar character, she's still doing a good job at it. So in this film, we have Chastain playing this woman who at one time was a waitress, I think, at a high stakes poker game, but then started learning how things were going, started help, like giving tips to people and also 
and just bringing their drinks sometime before they ask for it, remembering things, remembering details about people, and they would start to tip her. And then so they start tipping her so much that she's making more than the guy who runs the game. So he's like, hey, I'm going to stop paying you because you make more than me now. And to which she says, you i'm going on my own and she brings a lot of those clients with her starts her own high stakes poker game has the biggest poker game in the world like i said in the synopsis and then gets caught because all good things must come to an end and all highly illegal things must come to an end as well so she gets caught and the fbi or whoever it is who got her was like hey why don't you give us a list of all of the politicians and celebrities who attend your games, and then maybe we will be light on your sentence. And she's like, no, this is what I've built up over the years, and my name is all I have left at this point. If I give you this list, I don't even have my name now. Uh, my name is, is synonymous with person who gives up and rats people out. So her lawyer, played by Idris Elba, now has to help her not only try to stay out of jail, but also not give up the list. For some of you, this is going to be a very easy choice. You may not like Aaron Sorkin's work at all. And so, no, you are not going to see this. And there, easy peasy lemon squeezy. But for the rest of you, I hope you at least give this movie a shot. The West Wing was one of the best shows out of the early 2000s, and I loved it. Aaron Sorkin has a definite style, a lot of very smart, fast-paced dialogue with a lot of characters who are witty and brilliant. And this movie is going to be all of that, but this time based on a real person. Jessica Chastain is a type of actress to really study who she's being. Uh, when she was in a movie last year or two years ago, I think she went and met with female Republican lobbyists just to get a sense of who they are and based her character on all of them. And she really dives deep into her, all of her roles. And I think that much dedication and all the skill she has really shows. And Idris Elba, on top of being wonderfully good looking and having that amazing accent, is a really, really good actor too. Luther is a great show. And that's even me putting that before all the movies he's been in. This movie has the best shot this week of dethroning Star Wars. It's not going to, it has no hope, but out of all the movies coming out, this movie has the best chance. But it's not. Star Wars is going to stay number one. Molly's Game is my pick of the week, and I understand if you do not want to take a trip to the theater this week. I understand if you would rather wait, but even if you wait, I hope you give this a shot. Molly's Game gets a 9 out of 11. And let's listen to the last two words from our friends at Nerds of the Squared Circle and watch your mouth. Before we jump into the question of the week and wrap this all up, stay tuned. Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com Hi, I'm Sam Jericho of SomewhatNerdy.com's Nerds of the Squared Circle. Join me, Snarf Chris, and the dude with the headband. We talk about wrestling and more wrestling. Do you like wrestling? Yeah! yeah! then you should listen to our podcast. Do you not like wrestling? You should still listen to our podcast. Someone to read a comms, Nerds in the Squared Circle. Subscribe to us on iTunes or your favorite podcast app today. Nerds in the Squared Circle on someonenerdy.com. There are several ways to raise money for a good cause. Some do it by running marathons. Some host high-dollar dinners. And some just do it by clever interneting. We here at the Watch Your Mouth Podcast employ a different approach. 
wall-to-wall filthy fucking language. Go to a grocery store. I'm like, I know exactly what I need. I get in there. I'm like, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> the fuck did I even come here for? With our charity swear jar, every fucked up utterance from our unfettered gobs is a dime in the right direction. The motherfucker's a mouth breather. Gaming, movies, life musings, it's all here. Served on a bed of and garnished with a crown of Shut the fuck up. How the fuck did we get here? Fuck all that. Fuck a jelly bean. So if you want to hear us do good things with bad words, check out the Watch Your Mouth podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Facebook, or online at wympodcast.com. And remember, swearing is caring, so watch your mouth. All right, everyone, welcome back to the show. Let's jump into the question of the week and wrap this bitch up. You've had two weeks for the question of the week, and still a couple people answered it, which I understand. Maybe you're a little shy. Maybe you're like, oh, what if I sound dumb? Why don't, what if he makes fun of my answer? And I won't. I'm a nice guy. Okay, that, that's a lie. I'm a dick, but I will not make fun of your answer. I will never do that. So answer away. If that's, if that's your hesitation, answer, and I will be kind. I will do that. Well, if you remember from two weeks ago, the question of the week was, what is your go-to Christmas movie? And let's start on SoundCloud. And we got an answer from Frat Matt. Good old Frat Matt answer. And he says, Elf and Scrooge with Bill Murray. And good choice, my friend. If any of you read the Billiam's 12 Flicks of Christmas, you will know that both of those movies were on the list. I didn't really plan ahead, though. And I think I should have done it like a day in advance. So posted one blog for the next day's movies because who was really paying attention to Facebook to go, ooh, I wonder what Billiam's going to post today. I need to watch this movie on Christmas Day. No, you weren't f***ing doing that. You're opening gifts and being with family. All right, well, thank you, Frat Matt, for that answer. And the final answer, and I believe it's the final one, I've checked all of Twitter. Well, not all of Twitter, obviously. <laughs> I've checked my email. I checked all the places you can reach me. So I, once again, and as always, I'm sorry if I missed you. And let me know. Call me out. Call me out like Critter is done. Call me out like, who else have I missed? Vegan Dan, I think I've missed you once. So you called me out. Just let me know. So we have Brian. Good old Brian Q answered. And he said, I don't have a must watch as in Christmas film, but my favorites are It's a Wonderful Life and Gremlins. It's a Wonderful Life, oddly enough, not on my 12 flicks of Christmas. It may make it next year. This year I went a different route, but Gremlins was. It is a great Christmas movie. And it's time for me to answer. It's me time for me to answer this really late question. Uh, my go-to Christmas movies. Uh, Elf. And it was never one of my go-tos until my fiance says, oh, we should watch Elf. Because it's one she makes sure to watch every Christmas Eve. So I'm like, okay, I'll, I will rewatch it. And I rewatch it. I'm like, wow, this is really good. And of course, Die Hard. And yes, Die Hard is a Christmas movie. There are two types of people in the world. People who realize Die Hard is a Christmas movie and people who are wrong. And it's time for this week's question of the week. I may have this one last two weeks again, just because it's such a big one. And I kind of want a lot of people to answer this. Well, you know, I always want a lot of people to answer. But this one, especially because I'm going to do a end of the year podcast. Okay, honestly, it's going to be released in the first week of January, but it's going to be a 2017 in review podcast. And I want to know. Out of all the movies, the new movies in 2017 that you saw, what was your favorite? So what was your favorite movie released in 2017? There, that's a better way to put it. And if for some weird reason you went a whole year without watching a movie, okay, A, then why are you listening to this show? Really? <laughs> but B, uh, what's your favorite movie you did see, new or not? For everyone else who saw movies this year, what is your favorite movie that was released this year? Well, I can feel my voice starting to go, so let's wrap this up with the closing housekeeping. But first, I want to say thank you. 
Thank you for listening. Thank you for my loyal listeners to always come back. Thank you for everyone who just gives a podcast a shot. Thank you to everyone who's reviewed the podcast. Let's still go for more stars. Thank you for all the support. It, it really blows my mind. And how can you find me? Well, you, you're listening to me, so good job. You've done something right. And there are other ways to listen to me. You can find me on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, and any podcast listening app, as well as the Somewhat Nerdy website. That's somewhatnerdy.com. I'd really appreciate it if you take a few minutes out of your day to give the podcast a rating. I would love five stars. And then leave your comment. Tell me what I need to improve on. Tell me what I'm doing right. But please leave the five stars. It really does help. And how do you reach me? Fantastic question. Leave a comment for me on the Somewhat Nerdy website or Facebook page. Leave a comment on SoundCloud. Hit me up on Twitter and Instagram at BilliamSWN or email me at BilliamReviews at gmail.com. Be sure to check out all the friends of the show, the other shows on the Somewhat Nerdy Podcast Network, that's Somewhat Nerdy Radio and Nerds of the Squared Circle, and also the Watch Your Mouth Podcast, really good friends of the show. Don't forget to check out the Somewhat Nerdy site for all of our latest blogs and news. And finally, my dear friends, my dear, dear listeners, my future friends, please remember that no matter where life takes you, no matter what your week has in store, just take some time to catch a flick. I'm Billion from Somewhat Nerdy signing off. I'll see you in the future. <laughs>